Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, ways to relax and heal even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm happy today to tell you that our guest is Theolophysis. Did I say that right, Theo? I don't think so. <laughs> Theo Zhang, who is a transformational coach, just proves we're human beings here making little errors. How are you, Theo? I'm good. How are you, Tom? I'm good, thank you. I'm glad to have you on the show. And I think what you do is fascinating. So let's start by saying, tell us what a, a transformational coach actually does. Sure. Yeah. So when we look at coaching, there's two different types. And uh, the first type is transactional. So if you think of a soccer coach, um, they teach the hard skills, how to dribble a ball, how to kick a ball. Um, and then the other form of the other type of, of coaching is transformational. And that goes into the whole being of the person or so the whole being of the athlete. So with the soccer analogy, you're looking at teamwork, um, uh, beliefs, mindset, that kind of stuff. That's what transformational coaching is. And what led you to be a transformational coach? Yeah, so uh, I've always had a fascination with, with people. I love to serve people. Friends are always coming to me um, with their problems, and I just really enjoyed listening to them. And um, yeah, and, and in my own life, I like to live from the inside out, right? How I feel, be very present in the moment with my emotions. Um, and so whenever I had the opportunity to become a coach, I just had to take it. And now my world just makes complete sense. And when did, how long have you been doing it as a business, as your income producer? Yeah, so this has been almost uh, nine months now um, doing this, um, and it's been, it's been amazing, yeah. What is it about it that you like so much? You know, I, I, service has always been a thing that I've always wanted to um, do. It's been a re reoccurring theme in my life. Growing up, I wanted to be a police officer. There's times I wanted to be uh, Batman also. Um, and it's just always serving people. Um, and so whenever I had, uh, you know, friends come to me all the time, it was just, I just came out, came to life. I just really loved to help people. I don't really know how to put words to that other than what I've said. Right. So this is your, your heart's work. This has come from, from the inside of you. Yes, correct. And what, what are the kind of clients you have today? Who, what in examples of some of the people? Yeah. So, you know, in, in marketing myself, you know, I, every, everything that I adhere to and the roles that I play as a father, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a son, and as a husband, um, those are things I like to carry into it. I'm also an entrepreneur. And so I really like to help fathers be more present with themselves, with their family members, um, just doing things in complete alignment and, and um, from the inside out, essentially, which is what transformational coaching is. I want them to discover what their strengths are um, and to, to be aligned to it um, because that's the way I've found to be most fulfilled in this life. And so how do you go about discovering what your strengths are? This is a challenge, I would think. Yeah, so I use a specific uh, assessment called the Strengths Finder or the Clifton Strengths. It's run by Gallup. If you're familiar with Gallup surveys, they they uh, run an assessment that gives you a list of 30 character traits and they'll list out your one to 34. 
Um, and that's just really one step of the, of my methodology. The strengths is really just to understand what you are inherently great at that other people will find, uh, difficult. And, um, you know, it, it gives, I found that if you discover more about who you are, um, the more fulfilled you will be rather than chasing external things. Sure. And what have you found about yourself? Did you use that poll at Gallup on your own self? Yeah. So before I became a coach, uh, six years ago, a mentor of mine walked me through it. And he at the time was like, Hey, you know, based on what these results are, um, you would make a very good counselor or a coach. Um, but at the time I wasn't really ready for that information. And I was definitely not ready to make the entrepreneurial leap. Um, I hadn't become a father yet. And, and so there was a lot of character development stuff that needed to happen. Uh, the roundabout way that I went about my life up until nine months ago, um, really made it so that whenever it came time to make the leap, um, I had to take it. Right. And you were employed by a company before that? Um, no. So I've been an entrepreneur for four years. Um, when I started out, I was doing digital marketing uh, services like selling SEO um, and then eventually went into uh, selling a soft, a piece of software for coaches um, to help them with their tech. Um, and then in marketing to coaches, that was whenever uh, a few of them were just like, hey, you should totally consider being a coach. Um, and I just thought that was so coincidental that um, six years ago till now that they were all saying these things. And so that, that to me was like, Hey, this is the invitation. Would you want to jump off here? And I jumped off. And you jumped off and you've yeah. done it. How has it been? Because you, this nine months has been in the middle of our pandemic. How has it been? Have, how have you found clients and how are they doing? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the first things in, in being, a, being a coach and in understanding the coaching industry is that you have to do the work yourself is you have to work and, and pour into yourself before you can pour into others. And so things that you do not lean into, you cannot preach to other people to do. Essentially, it's like a doctor who's prescribing medicine, but doesn't take medicine themselves, right? That's not going to really help you and your patients uh, whatsoever. So the first couple of months was really uh, a lot of character development, a lot of um, you know, working on other areas of, of my, my own personhood, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, also spiritually. Um, and without those, those pieces, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to serve the clients that I do. And, and so far, the, the clients that I've served, um, within a couple of weeks, they, they, you know, things start to happen. Um, one of my first clients almost died of his second, his second COVID shot. Um, another client of mine quit his job within two weeks. His wife on the third week was saying that, Hey, that you're a really different person right now. I don't know who you are kind of thing. Not that that jeopardized the relationship. Um, but he's they're they're all on their way to bigger and better things now. And within that, that second client you just mentioned who quit his job, um, what happened? What did you find or what did he find that led him to that decision? Yeah, so um, he was doing something that he didn't like. Uh, excuse me, that, that's making too much noise. Um, the, uh, so he, he discovered that, you know, he was not very present and I was asking a bunch of questions on my, on my Facebook posts. And he was like, man, these are questions that I had no understanding of, and I didn't know how to answer them. And so we got to work on, you know, living from the inside out, being very present to our emotions, discovering who we are. As he discovered who he was, he realized that he didn't want to stay at that job. And so he, he quit. He just, he didn't, you know, mull up, mull it over with his wife or anything. He just decided to up and quit and uh, eventually moved into a uh, looking into doing some real estate investing. And within three weeks of even of us working together, um, he 
um, actually recently just closed on his first commercial building of 12 units, which is quite profound, the, the progress he's made. That is indeed. And um, it's quite a market. Where are you? What area of the country is this? Yes, I am in Vancouver, Canada, but I serve clients all over the globe. So my first client was in UK. I got some in the United States now. And um, that most recent, that that one that went into real estate investment, he's actually a, a close friend of mine. So he lives out here. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's the mar- markets. I'm, I'm looking for tips, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember one of my one of my best investments was in a, actually it's very interesting, was in a, a co-op, a building of, of condos mm. uh, renovation. That happened right. this 10 years ago, happened in Jersey City. Wow. And the odd point is that it was very successful and I made money on it. I didn't Whoa. think a thing about it until three years ago. I moved to Jersey City into a, a renovation co-op. So, very nice. Yeah, he didn't buy his place out here. Obviously, Vancouver's real estate market is really, really crazy. Um, and so he had to look out of province. But it just seemed that as he was doing the research and connecting with people, you know, he met a guy out in Alberta, which is one province over. And there was a wonderful opportunity and he jumped on it. And now they're in partnership together. Oh, that's quite exciting. Now, what is it that holds us back? What is it that you are having to help them uncover? Yeah. So, you know, identity is also one piece of the, the puzzle for me is that growing up, you know, even as a child, you know, your parents typically say a lot of no's and you can't do this and you shouldn't do that. And, and we carry that into school too. You know, school kind of prepares us to become a slave of sorts. That's really how I believe. What I believe is, you know, they teach you, you know, what to learn, not so much how to learn. And so a lot of things you carry with you into, you know, adulthood and identity included is that, you know, I might make a good doctor or I might make this, but we never look into the blueprint or we never look into who we are inherently and what are we inherently good at with the strengths finder. Um, And so that can actually be a very costly mistake is that, you know, we could end up going to school, get into student loan debt that, you know, in this major that eventually we start working and we find out later on that we don't actually come fulfilled. We don't actually enjoy what we're doing. And, and at that point, you're just trading life energy for, you know, sustenance and, and that's not a good exchange. And so what really holds us back is a lack of understanding of self and a lack of living from the inside out. Yes. Now, if you were in charge, I mean, that'd be nice. We'll all be in charge of the world. <laughs> But if you were in charge of the educational system mm. and t- talking about, let's say, middle school, what mm. would you want them to be learning that they're not learning today that would help them towards this end, maybe? Yeah, I think understanding that, um, you know, in learning how to learn, uh, a good book for this is actually, and a good recommendation for me is uh, by Jim Quick. Uh, it's called Limitless, and he really teaches people how to learn. Um, it is you know nutrition, right? Nutrition feeds the brain, and then from that is like we need to understand how the brain works. You know, learn t- different tips and tricks of how to read a book faster, retain more, and what to really do with that information once we have it. Um, I think that would be a good starting point in itself of of teaching kids, hey, like you got to make sure you eat breakfast before you go to school. Like that is the most important meal. Even though we do to an extent, I don't feel there's a big enough emphasis on it, and especially with the American or, or, or even in the world, just cafeteria food is not really exactly the most healthy. And, and, and that's 
a, a real big issue. Um, and, and if you see kids growing up nowadays, is this overabundance of technology also that um, just really dumbs everybody down in the long run. Um, other than that, I'd say the strengths finder stuff is very important rather than just giving them career options is to really help them understand more of themselves, who they are individually as a person, um, rather than, Hey, you should study math or you should study this. And, you know, rather than subject focus, it should be, uh, I guess the person subject. Right. Mm -hmm. And what they feel like, what they like what they, yes. Cause we do know at some level what we like. We're not always able to express it, and certainly not at the sixth grade level, usually. Yes, and it's also suppressed, right? The, I, many times growing up, I'm, I'm, I've actually heard people, uh, fellow students of mine, that they've said they've wanted to be this, but you know, it was just not viable from their parents' standpoint or from society's standpoint that, oh, this wouldn't be something that you should do because, or you can't be a, magi a, a musician or a magician because it's not profitable for you or, or the, the hill is too steep. So you always, you're always met with this discouragement and this negativity, and you're never you're never shown how to pursue your dreams. And that really comes down to a parent level too, is that parents can tell you to chase their dreams, but if they're not chasing it themselves, their words are not to you. Right. And we've seen so many parents in different generations going through things, whether it was the depression at one point or World War yeah. II or afterwards, you know, and right. that affects how they will teach their children, obviously. Absolutely. And, and, and parents nowadays working like, you know, 40 plus hours a, a week. It's like, where are you being an example to your children? Well, 40 hours would be good. I'm talking I'm <laughs> 60 hours a week. Right. And I'm just saying that as a bare minimum, right? Most do 40 hours. And then, you know, some of you do it like 65, you know, whatever. Uh, and I just can't, I just can't imagine, you know, not being there for, for, for your children, you know, especially for, 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 for actually not even just for boys, for girls. Like if you have a daughter, it's like, you can't, see the type of man that you need to look for in the future like and you see this in, in in today's world is that a lot of girls go seeking this male attention that they were never given at a young age and and for sons is like well how do i treat women well i've never saw, seen my dad do it i just get it from media and what does the media tell us all the wrong things nothing good yeah exactly well yes and it would be very important to have a better model to follow to follow and right. uh, and also what's interesting is a lot now we have people working from home i imagine what you're doing is working out of your home yes correct which allows your child to see what you do yeah mm -hmm. yeah i'm only ever 14 steps away and you know whenever i go out for 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 lunches and whenever i'm done my day or if sometimes i have circumstances like yesterday i had to go get a windshield prepared i just took the day and drove out to do it. Other people would probably have to schedule on weekends, which is really difficult to do. And so um, there's a flexibility there, but yes, I'm also able to be very present with my family, which is something I absolutely love about what I do. Um, of course it has its own challenges also, but uh, that comes with everything. Well, there, there, nothing comes without challenges as we all know, right. but the fact that you can be home, you can be present, you can take a minute or 10 away mm. from whatever your business is and, yes. and be with your child for 10 minutes. And that's very unusual. That's very, because I, I know my, my first first life <laughs> when I worked in the corporate world, I never saw my child. I really mm. never did. I got up at, at, before she got up, I got home after she was in bed in the early years. Uh, yeah. But the second time around, I, I was working from home. Yeah. Therefore, I, it wasn't a matter of not being there, it was being there all the time. So that, that was a, quite a different experience. 
I imagine for my child, but my, for myself, most of all, the experience of being a parent. Mm. Uh, how do you like being a parent at home? Yeah, you know, uh, some days are harder than others. You know, the kids are uh, fighting here and there. And my wife is obviously really, really stressed out um, by that. But um, yeah, you know, like I said, as a coach, you really have to do the, you have to swallow your own medicine. So the, the, the lifestyle that I live is really what I, you know, teach uh, or coach fathers on is, is being very, very present. And I can't do that if I'm not doing it myself. Um, and I just love it. I love the fact that I have this accountability and that my immediate actions affects my children and, and in them, it, it affects the world. I, I really do feel that what I'm doing right now is changing the world for the better. Yes. Well, as you change the way in which children are taught, the world gets changed very yeah. definitely. Very definitely. And Mara, actually, there's a wonderful song or a line from a song from South Pacific, low, way back in the 40s, called You Have to Be Taught. You Have to Be Carefully Taught. Mm -hmm. And that was preju about prejudice. Right. Wow. And it also works that you have to be carefully taught about love. Absolutely. And how about that from your point of view with children? I mean, it's enough to say I love you, but how can you instill in your clients and in your children the concept of love, the concept of love versus fear, let us say. Yeah, you know, I love the fact that it has to be shown and it's not something that can be said. And and if anything, language language only accounts for what, 7% of our perception, which is, you know, we, we will only, we, it's so limited, right? And so we have to use our body. We have to use our whole entire being to show that love. And um yeah, sometimes you don't get the, the, the credit for like yesterday, a good example, we had snow come in and uh, my wife took the kids outside to play in the snow and they were shoveling the, the driveways. And um, my son and, and my wife decided to shovel a couple more driveways and, and it's just really going above and beyond, sometimes in secret. Um, it, it's just doing, doing things in the background um, out of love and not every time you do you need a recognition for it. Um, and that's really how I love to live. We'll, we'll sometimes uh, go to a, a local like work warehouse place to pick up some warm socks and leave it in the car. So whenever we see somebody on the side of the road that needs, who could use it, and we would, we would pass it to them. I just love the being able to express it through an action rather than just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, I mean, that does work, but, you know, we need to also go a step beyond that. Well, yes, tangible. What you're doing is a tangible form of love. And that's right. That's very unusual and very, yes. very powerful, very powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. very rare in this world. It is indeed. And is it, obviously this is something that you would try to transmit to your clients in some form or another. How does that be work for you? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, um, as a coach, you know, I'm, I'm just really holding a safe space for people to freely express themselves and, and accept them for who they are, you know, and, and not have them, um, you know, mulling the, the past or the, the ugly things that they've done in the past. Like I just really accept them. I get to emulate that and unconditional love uh, of sorts to them. Um, and then give them feedback, hold them accountable to where they want to go. That's really all I'm about in what I do now. Um, and then when I think about it, it's like, well, in those conversations with friends, that was essentially what I did was really just be there, be a, be a presence and just hold space for them um, to be safe. Well, what you say, one thing that, that strikes me is hold space for them. Mm. I mean, how many of us in our life did not have during growing up anyone holding space for us? Right. 
Yeah. And that's actually one of the things um, that I discovered is that, you know, if I don't go deep with myself, I'm only going to surround myself with people who are surface level. And so, you know, the reason being is that, well, if I'm not, if I'm not beyond surface level with myself, why would I go beyond the surface with, let's just say you, Tom is, is I would not find friends like that. And so eventually you're going to find that you're going to have really meaningless friends, really meaningless relationships. They're just really surface level. You only talk about the weather and sports and then that's it. And your problems are always there, but you have nobody to turn to whenever you want to talk to somebody about them. Right. But when you go from your heart, you have somebody, you always have people. Yes. Right. And so it doesn't matter if I'm talking to somebody who wants to remain surface level, I can open up my heart to them and it might actually encourage them to want to open up their heart with me. Um, and that's really the beauty of coaching is, 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 is getting people to live from the inside out that they understand that the internal world is just as important as the external. It sounds like, as I listen to you, that, that your coaching is a little bit like being a gardener. You're, you're watching things bloom and blossom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love to think of that. Yeah. Like uh, I'm a, I'm a seed planter, you know, I may not get to see the, the fruits of my labor later on. Um, but I rest assured that I made a bit of an impact, um, and that there's a huge potential. This could turn into a giant tree. Mm -hmm. Giant Johnny Apple seed of coaches. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you a new title. If, if you could choose and you do choose to some degree, your, your clients, what is the ideal client for you? Yeah, you know, um, in in marketing, they say you should, you know, talk to a very specific person. Uh, and I, I, on some sense, I do agree with that. But at, at the same time, I, I just love working with fathers, you know, if I, if I could even go a depth below that, even Asian fathers, like, you can talk a little deeper with with certain things. Um, I have a, a certain client right now, he's uh, also of the same upbringing as me from the same city my mom, my mom was from. Um, and sometimes I could just use the same language. And there are certain words that come off better in a different language. And, and, and so I would say the answer to that is fathers, Asians, um, you know, I also adhere to a certain faith, but it doesn't really, it's not something that I say is, is, is a non-negotiable. I can work with both and I've given results to both. Right. But you do have a, a place that, you know, first of all, I, what I'm hearing you saying is, is you're coming from yourself. Yes. And if you can match yourself up with others who are similar, right. you can talk to them in their language, whether we're talking English or we're talking something else. Uh, yes. Yeah, correct. Like, you know, my story of, you know, entering the entrepreneurial world to be more present with my family. And, and that's really what I like to speak to. And, and maybe that's a, a, an addendum to the question is that I love to help fathers who want to be an entrepreneur or already are entrepreneurs to be more present in what they do so that they can make more of an impact with their family, with their children and into the future. Um, yeah. Into the future for the better of our world. Yeah. And I would imagine that this pandemic has given the opportunity to many, many people to become entrepreneurs, whether they knew they wanted to be or not, because the other other paths were cut off for at least for a while. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and in the in the outreach that I do in these Facebook groups that I'm a part of, these fathers groups, um, you know, that is one of the things I'd love to press on. It's like, hey, like, what are your dreams? Like, what is keeping you from moving forward with them? And a lot of them just kind of lack the creativity or don't really know, um, you know, what to go into. Um, but that's that's good because I think it allows me to tell them, hey, like, don't just chase these shiny things that you think would make a lot of money 
figure out how you can maximally align yourself to what it is you're doing and at least get fulfillment at the end. You don't want to chase something now, pour in all this investment to find out later on that it wasn't fulfilling for you. Um, and that's really all I'm about now. And that's a story I hear a lot. And we all have heard about people, men more than women, I believe, although yeah. I can't say that for sure, right. who end up finding that they've done something they were supposed to do, but it wasn't what they wanted to do. Their heart yeah. Took Right. And it's, it's, and it's especially bad in our society, right? If you look at men's mental health, it's such an under underserved community. Um, you know, even professionals, and I've had conversations with people who are entering the field saying that it's predominantly women and even the people leading the, the teaching the, the curriculum and the, and the, and the, uh, the lessons are mostly women. And so it's very disparaging for men to enter it and um, get there, you know, find a place to have space. To, where do I go to find space as a man? Like, where would you, you know, who would you go to right away off the top of your head? You really know where to think about besides maybe periodic men's groups, uh, maybe like a church group or something like that. Um, there's, there's not a whole lot of places to get this kind of information. You don't get this, get this sort of attention, I guess, as a man. Well, right. And it's very special because if you don't have the relationship or don't see in the mirror, another man or how they're doing it. Oh my God, I thought this man's talking about how he feels. You mean you can talk about how you feel as a man? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's this ideal that, you know, sharing your emotions or your problems are a sign of weakness that needs to be broken. Um, and like I said, it's like, if you're not willing to do that work yourself, like, how can you help somebody else with it? And so it has to be this mutual ground of I've done the work I understand, or I am working in progress of it. Um, to, to be able to hold a conversation with one another, because at any point you have one person who's really hard, who's an immovable object and you're an unstoppable force. I mean, what, what kind of collision are you expecting? It's going to be painful. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. And you're, you are offering a kinder, gentler way I hear. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, I find that if we don't accept our internal world, we can't appreciate the external world. And so, um, helping people to understand that this life journey is not about an, a, a reward at the destination. It's really about a reward of the journey itself. That is the reward. And so helping people understand that, find maximal fulfillment and that, and letting them know that they're okay, where they're at is okay. Everybody, everything that you are, uh, that you are and you are about is enough to get you to where you want to go. That is a wonderful explanation of what you, it is you do. They are very nice. So now we're coming towards the end of the show as this thing goes by quickly because it's so fascinating to talk about it. Uh, but if somebody who's listening now would like to continue the conversation or find out more, how is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so the show notes has, has my name. I know it's really long, uh, very complicated. If you search it on Facebook, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Um, but you can also find my website at uh, coachwiththeo.com. I literally launched it like two days ago. And so I'm glad I met it in time for this podcast. Um, you can find my information there also. Um, That's coachwiththeo.com? Yes, correct. Coachwiththeo.com. Yeah. Okay, we'll put that into the information so people have that. Awesome. Get in touch with you. That's yeah. Wonderful. I do want to say one more thing is that on the website oh. you'll yeah you'll see that the copy it says you know that I you know I serve Christian fathers that that is not a uh, something that I I won't uh, waver on like I do serve I have served clients that are non-believers and um, I have no issues with that and they're also wonderful 
people and, and the results I've gotten with them have been profound also. Um, so I don't want that to discourage anybody in any way. Um, and I'm not preachy with the things that I do. Really, it's all about who you are presently and where you want to go. And I'm just there to facilitate that growth and hold you to it. Well, that's wonderful. Facilitation is just a marvelous thing to do. And I'm very glad that you're in that world and doing that. And very glad that you came to help us by telling us about it. So thank you so much for being here, being yeah. on our show and being on the heart of healing, the, the epidemic. <laughs> I could say it. I'll try it again. The heart of healing, the pandemic episodes, telling people about the wonderful opportunities that are out there so they can find people like yourself. Mm. So thank you for being That's here. Yeah. And thank you, everyone who listens to this, for supporting our show. Tune in next time to hear another wonderful story. Thank you, Theo. Take care now. Okay, bye.